Good morning. I'm going to invite the children to stay with us this morning. Our um, teacher for the junior church is not able to be here today, so uh, you got to put up with Pastor Dan once in a while. <laughs> We're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and look at verses 13 and 14 this morning. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 13. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who was given as a pledge of our inheritance with the view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. We have been tremendously blessed as God's people. We have looked at the three blessings of the Father that he has bestowed upon us. He has chosen us. He's adopted us. He's accepted us into his family. And what a tremendous privilege that is. Last time we looked at the blessings that we received from our relationship with the Son. He has uh, provided for our redemption. He has revealed God's will for, for us. And he has released the resources that we need as we walk through this life to live for the glory of Jesus Christ. But one of the problems we face is we live in an imperfect world. Ever noticed that? Ever had any problems as you've walked through this life? Sometimes it's imperfect. Sometimes it's hostile. Sometimes we find ourselves wrestling with battles, maybe temptations, trials that come our way. Sometimes we fall at times. And you ever wonder, will we make it to glory? Will the battle ever end? Uh, What's going on in in that area of our life? Well, we need to look at the three blessings of the Spirit here. It's the Spirit that presents the salvation, God's offer of salvation to us, and actually, He is the one that applies it to our hearts here. So, three blessings come out, the same as we saw with the Father and with the Son. The first one is the Spirit today teaches us. Uh, notice He starts out in Him. You also, after what, listening. To the message of salvation there. Someone brought that message to us, and it was the Holy Spirit that saw that we received that message. Uh, he reveals the, the truth to us and, and gives us the ability to, to grasp that truth. In John chapter 16, uh, we, we see part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit there, where he says in, in, in verse uh, Verse 7 there, I tell you a truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, and he who, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He is the one that convicts us, that brings us to the point where we recognize we need God's salvation. Have you ever experienced that element of conviction in your heart in life? That's the work of the Holy Spirit in you and, and working through you. And then just a few verses later, he says in verse 13, When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come there. He speaks not of himself, but he speaks of Jesus Christ, whom he sent. And how does he do that? So often it's... Through the word of God. Romans chapter 10 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, 
and hearing by the word of God. The Holy Spirit will take the word, bring conviction to our hearts, and use it to help us become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Not only be conformed, but also to be brought into the family. Uh, we, we just had the privilege of welcoming seven new members into our church. I'll, I'll tell you who they are when we have our announcements. I'll have them stand so you... You know, we, I, I hear over and over again, hey, there's so many people out there, I, I, I don't know who they are. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to know who they are. Huh? I'm going to have them stand, and you, you can at least put a, a face to the name. And whether you go and introduce yourself to them or not, that's your business. But uh, I'm giving you that opportunity there. But, you know, the thing that amazes me when I have a new members class, we had seven in it this time. Uh, one of the things that I require them, and, and just relax, I don't require that today. <laughs> But I, I require them to give their testimony. How did they come to, to, to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life? And I'm always, I shouldn't be, but I'm always amazed at, at the ways in which God uniquely works in each individual life. Everyone comes a slightly different way. Sometimes it's the parents. Sometimes it's a Sunday school teacher. Sometimes it was a camp. Multitude of ways that God, that Spirit of God uses to draw people to himself. Now, I, I, I say that carefully because there is only one way. That's through the Lord Jesus Christ. But how, do you, how, do we, how are we brought to that point? And it's, it's remarkable how God, through his spirit, works in hearts and lives. That's his job. It, it is to teach us the need of salvation. It is to bring us to that point where we recognize we need Jesus Christ in our hearts and, and our lives. Second thing the spirit does for us, second blessing is, the Spirit seals us. Notice the connection there. He says, having, having also believed, uh, as we believe, then he is able to seal us. We become sealed by the Spirit. I believe that happens the moment we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. I don't see that as a second work of grace. I don't see that as something we need to seek. When we come to Christ, we are sealed by the spirit of promise. Notice he calls them the spirit of promise there. Why the spirit of promise? Well, when it comes to the sealing, we're looking forward to the future. That's the purpose of it there. We have, as we think of salvation, if you recall when we went through the book of Romans in chapter 5, we looked at the fact that we have been saved. We've been saved from what? The penalty of sin. Uh, it's been removed. Uh, Jesus Christ paid for that on the cross of Calvary. And then as we moved into chapter 6, we looked at the fact that we are being saved today, not from the penalty of sin, but from the power of sin. It's hold in our lives. Uh, that's the work of sanctification in our life. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, we will be saved someday from the presence of sin. We can't get away from it today. It's all around us. But someday... We're going, that work's going to be complete. We're going to be with him in glory. As John says, we'll see him as he is, and we will be like him. It's a promise. And that promise comes out of Philippians 1, 6. He that hath what? Begun a good work in you. He's going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's going to complete the work that he started in us. So sure is Paul of that, that he uses that word seal here. That word seal had four different meanings in Paul's day. The first meaning was it was a sign of completion. In the business world, when you paid your bill, it was sealed. 
It was marked paid. That, that's what Christ did on the cross of Calvary for us. Remember as he hung there, one of his last words was, it is finished. That can also be translated, it is paid. The price was paid for our redemption. And the Holy Spirit is given to us as a sign that that transaction is complete. Years ago, we were living in a little apartment in Quinell, British Columbia. Uh, over top of somebody's garage, we, we had, I think it was just two small bedrooms, a, a living room, kitchen area together. Uh, not, not much of a place, but it was the only one available. And quite frankly, it was the only one we could afford at the time. It, it was uh, just, just a tiny place. We only had one child, so it, it worked out fine. But I remember getting our utility bill. Uh, we, we heat it with gas, and we got uh, a bill from the gas company. And I went down and paid the bill, and everything was fine until about a month later, I get one of those nasty letters saying, we're going to disconnect your gas. You haven't paid your bill. <laughs> and uh, I didn't think very much of that. <laughs> I made a quick trip to their office, and I said, wait a minute. What's going on here? I paid this bill a month ago. And they said, well, we don't have any record of it. You didn't pay it. And I said, here's the record. Here's the bill. It's got paid on it and your initials stamped on it. I said, that is my seal in a sense that I paid that bill. Uh, I think the lady thought I was a little bit stupid. (laughs) She said, leave that bill with us for a few days and we'll see that this is straightened out. (laughs) I said, no way am I going to leave that bill with you. Uh, I said, you can make a copy of it, but that stays in my possession until this is straightened out. Uh, Because that was the only guarantee that I had, that I I had paid that bill. It said it was finished. The price had been paid. And that's what is one of the reasons the uh, Holy Spirit has been given to us. It's a seal saying it is complete. Uh, Another illustration of that is, how many of you wrote a letter within the last month? A letter, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not an email. <laughs> I'm talking about real letters. Okay, and you put it in an envelope, and what do you do? You put a stamp on it. Put it in the mailbox. Have, how many of you have ever written a letter, put a stamp on it, put it in the mailbox, and said, I wish I hadn't said that <laughs> or, or written that? You know what? At that point, it's too late. Once it's in the hands of the United States Postal Service, you don't get it back. It goes to whoever it was sent to because you put a seal on it. And that, that's the same idea here. Uh, once we are sealed by the Spirit of God, uh, we belong to Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, when I think of that letter there, if, if you were to break into that mailbox and take that letter and open it, you're committing a federal offense. And you better not do that. I don't care what you wrote in that letter or wished you hadn't said. Don't, don't compound the problem by committing a federal offense. And when Jesus said in Philippians 1.6, he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's the promise of the Holy Spirit. He's going to finish what Jesus Christ made available to us on the cross of Calvary. He's going to see us safely home to glory. That's a sign of completion there. The second meaning of that word in in Paul's day was it was a sign of ownership. 
we use the idea of a brand. Now, I'm told that most of you, where's Merritt? You don't brand your cattle, do you? No. When we lived in Ekalaka, we, we, this time of year, we would go to the brandings. We had quite a few ranchers in our church, and they'd say, hey, how would you like to come and help with the branding? <laughs> yeah, some of you have done that, haven't you? They, they did it the old-fashioned way. They had a couple men on horses. They'd go out and rope the calves, and they'd bring them to the fire. Uh, two of us that didn't have enough sense to ride a horse, uh, We'd, we'd be stuck with a job of wrestling them down, and one sits on one end and one sits on the other, and they, they went through the whole process of vaccinating them, dehorning them, the whole works there. And, and then the last step was to brand them. Once that brand was on there, that calf was marked for life. It identified who the owner was. Now, I, you use tags here, don't you? Yeah. Uh, so if... if I was driving by Merritt's place, and I saw a calf out there I'd like to have, and I fenced in my yard, and I took it. Merritt would have a claim on that. <laughs> He'd have something to say about that. And, and the, the proof of that would be either back in Ecolac, it would be the brand, but here it would be that tag. He'd say, see that tag? That says, this is mine. You can't have it. Uh, uh, that was a sign of ownership. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, we have these words revealed. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. But the implication there is if we have the spirit of Christ, we belong to him. He owns us. We, we have been bought with a price, First Corinthians 6 says, verses 19 to 20. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to him. That's and the Holy Spirit is given to us as a sign to communicate that we actually belong to Jesus Christ. It's also a sign of protection. And uh, you, you get a bottle of medicine, you buy it off, or off the, from the counter there. Uh, usually you'll find they're sealed. The, the, the cap is screwed on tight and you have to wrestle with how you had to get the cap off first. <laughs> and, and then you have that that foil over top of it and and the words usually on the bottle says if that seal is broken don't use it it's possibly been corrupted that that's a seal to, uh, it, it's put there not to make life miserable for us and, and i realize it can be frustrating to get those pills out of the bottle sometimes with, with all of the seals on there but that's that's not the purpose of it the purpose is for our protection it, it, it is to keep us safe in, in using that medicine. And First Peter chapter 1, verse 5, he, he speaks of the fact that we are sealed. We're, we're, we're being kept by the Spirit of God. We're being protected by him for glory. Uh, we see a, a glimpse of that when Jesus died on the cross. Remember, they took his body down. They put it in a tomb, a borrowed tomb. They rolled that big stone in front of it. And then you remember what they did? They put a seal on it. What did that seal represent? It represented the fact that Rome said no one dare enter that tomb. It marked that tomb with the authority of the Roman legion, the Roman, Roman government there. To, to break that seal was to defy the armies of Rome. Now, that was no problem to Jesus Christ because he had a greater authority. As he, after he came out of the tomb, he said, all power, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. He wasn't worried about the authority of Rome there. But the disciples were. 
Mary or and, and the other ladies, as they came to the tomb, they were concerned about it. What? Who's going to roll away the stone for us? Even if they had the physical strength to do it, they wouldn't dare do it as long as that seal was, was on there without legal permission to do so. God has placed his seal upon us. He is the one who has all authority, all power. No one dare break that seal without facing the almighty God there. We belong to him. He, we are under his protection today. And then it becomes also a sign of authenticity. It assures us that this is, or that we are, in a sense, the real thing. That we belong to him. We are part of his family there. In John chapter 3, verse 33 through 37, he says, He who has received his witness has set his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for he gives us the spirit without measure. The father loves the son, has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. We are sealed. We are the real thing in a sense because of the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. Now, we, we see a picture of that in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 7, you have the 144,000. Uh, just before that, you have the mark of the beast, identifying individuals as belonging to the beast and belonging to the world system and so forth. But these 144,000, they're sealed with a mark on their forehead, that, and it represents the fact that they belong to God. They belong to Jesus Christ. They, they are under his protection and care there. Uh, now, for us, the seal is not visible today. We, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. His seal is upon us. God sees it. But uh, looking at you, I can't see a visible sign on, you, not, uh, on your forehead or, or, or anywhere else. Uh, and so we, we might ask, well, is it true? Well, it should be. E- even though we don't see the, the visible Mark, Uh, remember in Matthew 7, he says, by their fruits, you shall know them. If you really belong to Jesus Christ, that should be evident in in your life and in in the way you act and react and so forth. If it isn't, then we have a right to question, have you really accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Because he places his seal upon us. We are his representatives as we walk through this life. And then... The third thing is the spirit becomes our pledge in verse 14. He says he is given as a pledge of our inheritance. Again, another interesting word coming from the Greek culture. Two pictures explain it. Number one is the pledges could also be translated a down payment. When you purchase a house, when you go through that that process, sometimes you will put down a down payment, earnest money. What is that? Payment saying, it's saying, I'm going to complete this transaction. I intend to buy this place, uh, and I'm coming back with, with, with the rest of it when all of the paperwork is finished there. It's a promise that that transaction is going to be complete. Now, in First John chapter 3, verse 2, he speaks of the fact that the day is coming when we're going to be like Jesus Christ. We're not there yet. We're not fully there. We're we're becoming like him, but we're not fully like him yet. But the day is coming when we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And the 
the Holy Spirit is given to us to assure us of that fact that what God started, God will complete. We will become like him in that day. The other picture of pledge is an engagement ring. 49 years ago, I went down to a local jewelry store and I bought an engagement ring. Uh, that was a costly proposition. You ever notice that those things don't come cheap? <laughs> uh, that, 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 uh, why did I do that? Well, I wanted to communicate the fact to the one that was to become my wife, to Ginger, that I loved her, that I wanted to marry her. And that was saying that I was going to complete that process. We, we were going to become one in Christ there. Uh, fact is, it was the best investment of my life. <laughs> a costly one, but worth it. Uh, uh, when we think about that, the picture that we have in Scripture is Christ is the groom. We're the bride of Christ. Uh, he has given us the Holy Spirit, in a sense, as an engagement ring to say that that wedding is coming. We, we get a picture of that in Revelation 19, it will take place. Uh, it, it's a done deal as far as, as God is concerned there. Uh, and again, we need to remember the customs of, of the day. In When Jesus in John chapter 14 said, I go to prepare a place for you, and where I go, I'll, I'll come again and receive you unto myself and so forth. That was a picture of the marriage customs of that day. In that day when a couple became engaged, the only way to break an engagement was either divorce or death. You, you did not get engaged today and break that tomorrow and get engaged with somebody else the next day. Uh, we, we do that so easy today, but not, not in, in those days. If, if they entered into that engagement contract, they were considered married. They, they were considered as having entered into the, uh, a marriage agreement there. And so Jesus in John 14 says, we're engaged. I'm going to do my job as the bridegroom and the job of the bridegroom was to go and prepare a house get it ready either to add on to his father's house or build a house of his own or, or whatever was needed at that point in time that was his responsibility the, the 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 bride had the responsibility of gathering together what she was going to need for for housekeeping and get be ready for the day i, I like the old the, the the customs back then it was the the bridegroom that set the day and and uh, uh, and, and so forth there uh, we uh, you eliminate a whole lot of frustration when the when the groom is in charge <laughs> you, you don't have to worry about the colors you don't have to worry about uh, the flower uh, on and on it goes but uh, you, you just get the job done <laughs> well we, we've added so much to that today but the, the thing to notice there is it was the the bridegroom's responsibility to see that that wedding took place, that that wedding came to pass. And that same thing is true for us today. Someday we're going to be united with Christ in glory. And the Holy Spirit is given to us to assure us, just like an engagement ring, to ensure us that it's coming. It's coming. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, Paul said, I'm waiting, I'm listening for, what? The upward call of Christ Jesus. Listening for Jesus to say, Come home. It's time. Time to be with me in, in glory. I trust that you're listening for that as well. Someday he's going to say, it's time. It's time. And we're going to be with him in eternity. We may do that 
collectively if, if the rapture occurs. We may do that individually. It doesn't matter. We're going to hear that call. And we're going to be home with Christ in glory. That's part of the blessings that we have because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. We can have that hope, that's that promise, that, that assurance today. Uh, and so as we look at the list, and I'm not going to go over all nine of them there, but the question I would have for you today is, you've been tremendously blessed of God. Nine blessings that come out of this passage, and I'm sure there's more than those that that are in here, but that's the nine I picked out for you there. Are you enjoying your wealth? Are you enjoying the fact that you are tremendously blessed of God? Or have you been discouraged entertaining that poor me spirit? Or wondering, does God really know what he's doing in my life and and, and, uh, do we react against the trials and stuff that come? Or are we worried about the future? Maybe today we need to simply pray, Lord, open my eyes to the wealth that you've showered upon us. Help me to see the tremendous blessings that, that you've brought into my life today. Help me to appreciate all that is involved in my salvation. Now, the problem is we get distracted we lose sight of those blessings. We don't always appreciate all that is involved in our salvation. When I think of the fact that we've been sealed, we've been branded by him, I think of a, a friend we had years ago, a fellow missionary that we worked with for some months. Uh, Wade got involved in, in a immoral affair with one of the Indian ladies. His wife got involved in an affair with several of the Indian men. It was a, a very difficult situation we had to deal with uh, the, uh, as a mission group, and we had to ask them to leave the mission and so forth. But uh, years later, Wade got his life turned around with the Lord. He came back to the Lord and, and asked the Lord's forgiveness and asked others' forgiveness and so forth. He actually married the girl that he had the affair with and, and so forth. But after he was dismissed from the the mission, he became... A brand inspector. He was a cowboy by background, and, and so he, he fit very easily in, into that life and lifestyle. And, and I still remember him sharing his testimony years later, saying that he said, sometimes when you're a, a brand inspector, you get a cow and you can't see the brand. The hair has grown back over it. It wasn't really done as well as it should have been and so forth and sometimes it it takes a while to decipher what that brand really is but he said the fact of the matter is the brand is still there and he said that's the way i lived for years that nobody could see the brand but god got a hold of my heart and changed me and brought me back to himself and and praise the lord that the brand was was still there we're not put in the position of judging, but we do sometimes serve as brand inspectors. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter, or 2 Thessalonians, nope, didn't get it right yet, 2 Timothy, there we go, we'll get it. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, we have these words. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness there. Notice, the Lord knows who is his. How does he know that? He's put that brand upon us. 
you go into a herd of cattle uh, where where they're just released out into the, the the wilderness, and sometimes the herds intermingle and so forth. How do you sort them? By the brands. The owners know their brand, and they pick out their cows. The same thing is true of Jesus Christ. Have we been sealed? Then let him transform you and make you into the image of Jesus Christ. You belong to him. Live as if you're a child of the king. Let's pray. Father, again, as we come to you this morning, we have so much to say thank you for. Thank you that we belong to you. Thank you that you've placed your seal, your brand upon us, and it's there for life. Thank you, Lord, for the promise that someday what you started when we knelt and asked Jesus Christ to be our Savior and our Lord, that you're going to complete that process, and someday we're going to be with you in glory. We rejoice in that fact today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing in preparation for the Lord's table. Breathe on me, breath of God.